at 7 o'clock on RazRadioLive.com. It's one of America's most popular radio programs. It's the LRWS. Don't believe us. Just ask Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. People are allowed to be morons. They're allowed to be stupid. They're allowed to think idiotic thoughts. So during your Friday night plans, make sure that you take Lawrence Ross, Thomas Lakeman, and Matt Davis with you. Dumb Florida morons. Make sure you give these guys a call at 941-421-0401. Get off the phone with me, you waggy prick. That number again is 941-421-0401. They're driving me fucking nuts over here, Chief. It's the LRW. US. You suck! Each and every Friday evening. On RazRadioLive.com. Shake, 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 Sinora. Shake your body liner. Shake, 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 Sinora. Shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora. Work your body line. Work, 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 Sinora. Work it all the time. My girl's name is Sonora. I tell you, friends, I adore her. And when she dances, oh, brother, she's a hurricane in all kinds of weather. Jump in the line. Rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line. Rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line. Rock your body on time. Okay. I believe you jump in the line, rock your body and time. Whoa. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Whoa. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body line. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. You can talk about cha-cha. Tango waltz or the rumba Sinora's dance has no title You jump in the saddle, hold on to the bridle Jump in the line, rock your body and time Okay, I believe you jump in the line Rock your body, rock your body child Jump in the line, rock your body and time Somebody help me Jump in the line, rock your body and time Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body line. Yeah. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. Sinora, she's a sensation, the reason for aviation. And fellas, you got to watch it. When she wind up, she bottom, she go like a rocket. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Okay. I believe you jump in the line, rock your body and time. High star skirts a little higher, jump in the line, rock your body and time. Off the chimney, jump in the line, rock your body and time.
dances calypso left to right is the tempo and when she gets the sensation she go up in the air come down in slow motion jump in the line rock your body and time okay i believe you jump in the line rock your body and time somebody help me jump in the line rock your body and time okay i believe you jump in the line rock your body and time Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora. Here at the Joe Show, we have the finest studios. Where's your studio? Because, like, I'm in a studio now that has guitars and some kind of UV light that'll fuck your face up if you look at it and turn it on. The smartest, most handsome on-air personalities. Price of Liberty is, is ugly. It's not, it's not very pretty. You're not very pretty. We don't talk about religion. So uh, we're actually God's chosen people. So they are the chosen ones. I know this. I think the Christians think that you killed their savior. And we're always respectful to women. When they invent the perfect artificial vagina, you broads are out of business. Lobster dinners, the diamond market, it's all going belly up. (laughs) (laughs) And smart, well-informed callers. Buzzy, where you? You sound like you're Creole or some shit. Where do you crawl out of Baton Rouge? What the fuck, son? I'm a mile. Hey, you better watch your mouth now. Talk about an owl like that. I'll slap the donkey like. That's the Joe Show Thursday, six to nine on Raz Radio Live, Salty Talk Radio, and PopRock80s.com. Trust in it. 
is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. You're listening to the first 52 God Only Knows Why. Well, 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 here we are. It is Tuesday, March 3rd, 2015. March 3rd. Already? Like, wow, how can it be March 3rd already? The time goes by so quickly. It just mesmerizes me how quickly the time just continues to flow along in our little world. On this little ride we take around this big glowing ball in the middle of the universe or solar system or whatever. You know what I mean? It's all a lot of fun. And we're doing it for whatever reasons we are doing it. But we are here. And we will keep continuing to do it. Well, it's been another week, and yes, I'm still sniffling. This time it is stupid allergies. It's always a lot of fun to live uh, in, in the woodsy area, especially after some good rain. You know, it was beautiful here in Florida today. I don't know about you guys up north. Uh, you know, It was 80 and sunny, and that's why I live where I live. I choose where I live for a very specific reason, and that is because it is just beautiful. It's warm. It's pleasant. We don't have a lot of problems here. You know, I haven't had a hurricane hit where I live. The town I live in has not had a hurricane in over 70 years or something like that. So I, I, that's not a concern of mine. I don't worry about hurricanes coming through here. Uh, you know, it's very peaceful here. It's a nice area to live. And it's warm. And there's no snow on the ground. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You knew I had to to give you a little crap for, you know, the the continued onslaught of winter weather that has hit the northeast uh, i just uh, i couldn't do it i'm so happy i left that region uh if you're smart and you're still up in that region get out it's not going to get any better especially if they keep you know messing with our weather uh is this a battle between two countries you know is, is uh russia actually spraying us and we're spraying over there who knows i know there's no such thing as chemtrails i know i get it i understand you don't have to tell me that more than once but there are chemtrails, so don't worry. <laughs> hey, you know, that's how it's going to be. I think the first thing, I think the first thing I'd really, really like to go over tonight, uh, just so you don't know, just in case you don't know, at 5.30, uh, we will have uh, Scott Rickard joining us, uh, former Air Force intelligence analyst. Uh, analyst. So uh, it's always fun to have him on, and, and I can get some foreign uh, information for an education, shall we say, because, you know, it's, it's really hard to keep track of who ISIS really is or, you know, what's going on in the Ukraine. Uh, and, you know, I, I really got to say, it was gold and black or was it blue and black or white and blue? Oh, but don't mind that, you know, cops gunned down some dude in L.A. for being homeless, but we'll get into that maybe later. Uh, <laughs> that was just sitting there in front of me, and that's not really what I wanted to start with. One of the, the things, probably one of the stupidest things I've heard this week, like period, um, it just blows my mind that somebody could say this. Sheriff says meth and heroin aren't the culprit. It's marijuana that makes people violent. Yes. Marijuana makes 
people violent. Marijuana is now legal in three states and Washington, D.C., but the sheriff of Carson City says that is something he hopes he doesn't see here in Nevada. In fact, he says the drug may not be as safe as some think. Paul Nelson joins us live in the studio after talking to Sheriff Ken Furlong about this. Paul, why is the sheriff so concerned about marijuana? Well, Wendy, Ken Furlong's been the Carson City Sheriff for 12 years, and during that time he says he hasn't seen any violent crimes involving meth and heroin like you would expect. But with marijuana, he says that's a different story. Carson City isn't known as a hotbed of violent crime. Sheriff Furlong says if you exclude the IHOP shooting in 2011, the city averages about one homicide per year. But when it comes to violent crimes, there's one thing that does stand out. Second to domestic violence, uh, marijuana is at the top of our list of, of violent acts here in Carson City. One of those happened just two years ago on Super Bowl Sunday. One pulls out a gun, shoots the other right, right straight in the heart. Marijuana found at the residence. Meth and heroin users are often involved in burglaries and robberies. And while those drugs are viewed as much more destructive, Furlong says users may harm themselves but don't normally hurt others. A meth user, we call them tweakers. They just spin in circles. They don't get anything done. He may threaten you. But he just can't get out of that circle of, of, of the effect of the drugs. Um, same with the heroin. But the marijuana user is a clear-headed person. Furlong says he doesn't think marijuana causes people to commit violent crimes, but says it does play a role. We have had several that are either directly or indirectly related to marijuana. It's not the drug that we're talking about. It's the culture that surrounds it. He says that culture is like a religion to some people that they protect. The sheriff's office has even seen deadly conflicts over stolen weed. It's a cherished culture, okay? And to violate that can produce some very, very dramatic effects, such as what we've seen here. Many people are pushing to legalize pot for recreational use here in Nevada, including Senator Tick Segerblum. We tried today to get his reaction to Sheriff Furlong's comments, but he was traveling back to Las Vegas and not available to talk. Colorado, Washington, and Alaska have already legalized recreational use. Covering Safety Watch live in the studio, Paul Nelson, Channel 2. It's a terrorist drug. Oh my gosh, be afraid. It's a terrorist drug. Now listen, uh, I'm not going to play stupid here. We all know that I might have partaken in a little marijuana in my life. I'm sure people listening right now have partaken in a little marijuana in their life. I can say, without a doubt... I've never smoked a joint and go, excuse me, I've never smoked a joint and gone, hey man, let's go fuck some shit up. Never, not once. Have you? I mean, really. The only things I've ever messed up while I was stoned was because I was too stoned to be able to handle it properly. That's the only way I've ever broken anything or hurt somebody because I tripped on them maybe. Now, <laughs> I don't go out looking for fights when I'm uh, token up a bowl. And that's the funniest thing is because the, the stereotype around marijuana user, and it's been the stereotype for the past 50 years, is somebody who's laid back and lazy and uh, stupid and doesn't understand things and can't accomplish anything. How does that turn into the violent person? Maybe it's your community that's the problem. You know, maybe your community has got bad people in it, and it's not the marijuana. Just because you find marijuana at the location of a violent crime or something bad that had happened or in the possession of somebody that did something bad, uh, more than likely, even if they didn't have that marijuana, they would have done something bad. I mean, it's just common sense that that's how that's going to work out. 
I mean, come on. This is not a drug that alters your chemistry in a way that makes you violent. I mean, I've never seen... I mean, let me rephrase. I guess there's a person here or there who may get violent when they're on it, but more than likely, again, they're probably violent normally, and they're not quite as violent when they're on marijuana. I don't think this is something I that we have to even, you know, prove to anybody. So it makes you really question the, the mentality of a sheriff who's calling this the terrorist drug. That this is uh causing all this violence and you know, meth users aren't uh aren't violent, but uh I mean, come on, really? It's just common sense, guys. Think about it. Common sense. And uh we, we, we've got a visit from someone. Are you there? I'm here. How are you? I'm good. I want to make a comment. Okay. Uh, in regards to it being labeled as a terrorist drug, I believe what they're more or less referencing is probably more like the drug cartel, which wouldn't be there if it was legal. They wouldn't have shooting and killing and gangs and all this trying to ship it over and whatnot if it were legal. That problem would be eliminated. Well, and a lot of people don't think of that, that the drug war is causing a lot of the drug violence, and that's in all drugs. I mean, honestly, if we were to legalize all the drugs out there, I think we would find that violence in general would just drop dramatically. Well, yeah, that's, in essence, what I'm saying. Right. Well, if you want to draw everything back to this being the problem, well, then eliminating the, the cause would make the most sense, would it not? Well, yeah. Because, I, because we made drugs illegal, we now have drug cartels, and we have drug running, and we have murder, and, and so on and so forth, because drug abuse, why not It feeds, it feeds to the to the mentality. It feeds to the environment, um, and don't think it hasn't been planned that way. We, you know, we've we've been involved with interviews with people who were part of the and didn't even realize they were part of the planning. You know, look at Ricky Ross. There's a lot of different ways that they make what they want happen, and uh, this has been part of the plan the whole time, ever since the beginning of it. Well, I know that, and you know that. I just wanted to point that out. I think our listeners know that, too. But, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. (laughs) All right, honey, I'm going to let you go. All right, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. There goes the missus. It's always nice when she gets to call in on her way home to pick up the kid. I just hate when she calls in on the Bluetooth, that's all. Sounds horrible. I know. Bluetooth kills radio. But I love you anyway, honey. Uh, yeah, so, but she did bring up a great point that what's causing this is the drug war itself. It's not, um, and marijuana is, just happens to be the one that is so easy to obtain, so readily available, so, so wanted 
Um, but yeah, if you could just go to a store and buy it, you wouldn't see the violence. But that was probably one of the stupidest statements I've heard all week. Um, in relation to the comparison of marijuana. I mean, just, I don't know. It just blows my mind sometimes. I got some, I got a lot of stories, but I want to wait for, uh, for, uh, Scott to be on with me to address some of these because a lot of them, you know, we're going to tie into to other events. You know, like I'm looking here, uh, Venezuela's president claims to have captured U.S. pilot accused of recruiting citizens to stage a coup. Well, we're going to get into that with Scott because I want to draw a parallel with what's being said in this story and the Bay of Pigs that happened in the 60s. You know, that's very important. ISIS is something else I really want to talk about. We're going to get deep into the... Uh, the three hoodlums arrested in, uh, in DC. Or I'm sorry, in New York. Trying to go join ISIS. 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 Who are they this week? Do you know what they are this week? I can't remember what they are this week. Uh, teacher investigated for posting terror list of students on classroom door. Uh, this is my neck of the woods. I mean, Tampa at least. Pinellas School District officials are investigating a math teacher at St. Petersburg High who allegedly posted a terror list on his classroom door with students' names. Okay. So far, I mean, I don't really see any problem in it so far. I, you know, he's, he's being clever. We have the, you know, the terror alert system that we see posted all over the news constantly. And we have the, the terror watch list that you don't even know if you're on it or why you might be on it. So why not? Why not have teachers having their terror lists? Uh, posted on the door. Maybe it's for when a substitute comes in, she knows who to watch out for. Uh, district officials declined to name the teacher, citing the investigation. Tyler Harris, 15, discovered the list Wednesday after arriving at his fourth period class. He was one of five students named. Under each name was an Arabic-sounding alias that mimicked the student's actual name. Harris took a photo of the list and sent it to his parents. He was upset, very upset, said ha- Sandra Harris, his mother. She said the teacher called her husband, Peter Harris, and tried to explain himself. Her husband hung up on him and him, she said. Tyler didn't know why he was included, but his mother said there's no reason that would justify creating such a list. Well, maybe if your husband didn't hang up on the teacher, you might understand why your son was created on that list, and maybe, just maybe, you might have a beef with what your son did. And then you could parent. Oh, no. Then you'd have to parent. Yeah, well, there goes that idea. You don't put something like that up. You just don't, she said. Uh, Damaris Lee, a spokesman for Pinellas County Schools, said the allegation is under review by the district's Office of Professional Standards. Any discipline will be determined after the investigation concludes. In a statement released Friday, district officials said that this matter is being taken very serious because St. Petersburg High School aims to foster a caring and safe learning environment for all students. Listen, shaming is part of of discipline. Sometimes you have to point out those that need to be pointed out. Trust me, I was pointed out a lot in school. I was not really the best student in the world. I hated high school. I didn't want to be there. It was no fun. No fun at all. So is that right or wrong? Well... My opinion, I, I, I mean, again, it's not something that really totally disturbs me. Um, 
it sounds like he was trying to have some fun. Maybe uh, he's got a dry sense of humor. He'd probably sit, fit in well here at Raz Radio. But uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Give him a stern talking to, maybe if we have to show some discipline. I think I could deal with just a stern talking to. But I don't think it's something that we need to, uh, you know, end a career over or, or you know cause massive news coverage, which it already has. I didn't even find that because I live near here. I found it, I think I found it on Drudge at one point this past week. So uh, it's not that big of a deal, my opinion. We'll leave it at that. All right, here's what we're going to do. Scott's going to be coming up here with me in about five, six minutes. I'll be connecting with him. So I think we should probably pull a break now. Gives me time to get to him. You know, pull some things together, make sure we're on the same page with stuff. And, uh, we'll go from there. You guys are listening to RazRadioLive.com, the first 52 Tuesday edition. Scott Rickard will be joining me when we, uh, return. So I'll be back with you in a couple minutes. Look at my crayon. Hold on. What am I supposed to say? What am I doing? Here? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? John Raz. Fortoad and Lexi. Do I mention Fortoad? Sure. Oh. Or Dave. Dave. <laughs> Hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz for Toad and Lexi. You know, I don't, that sounds like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on, I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And, uh, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, yeah. Dr. Bob Tuscan. It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy for Toad.
part of it. You'll never be a part of it. But you'll never be a part of it. What's going on, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross from the Lawrence Ross Waterhead Show on RazRadioLive.com. Heard every Friday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. If they went on strike, it would be a month before anybody fucking knew about it. We ask that you please visit Teespring.com. That's T-E-E-Spring.com forward slash L-R-W-S and buy one of our t-shirts. It's only $20. $20. I wanted a peanut. And best of all, it's Phil Hendry approved. This is from a guy named Lawrence. Lawrence, you're a good kid. Lawrence is a nice kid. He don't have no eyes. So act now, ladies and gentlemen, because you only have until March 3rd to take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Shut up and take my money. Remember, that's teespring.com. T-E-E spring.com forward slash L-R-W-S. RazRadioLive.com. The simple power of truth. believe that it's our freedom they'll save is it possible there's another plan and they're paving the way is it too far-fetched to think our leaders wouldn't misbehave have you looked at what they promised us and what they gave why do we invade iraq if the terrorists were saudis and why did bush and bin laden have stock in the same companies and how the cia already know about these guys they were taking classes at flight schools right in front of their eyes able danger tried to warn them over 70 times but every time they tried they got permission to not looks like the boys are pop simply refused to fight. That's why the information was consistently declined. If they intercepted the plot, there'd be no bind to unwind. No chance to enact the plan. And no reason to invade Iraq or Afghanistan. So I built this collapse into their own footprint. I'm going back to redact original blueprints. P-N-A-C Learn the acronym, please. It means project for a new American century. Written by Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, and the Dick Cheney. They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and it's a part of their coup. It's a call to arms. That's why they wrote it in quote. We need a new Pearl Harbor. Demand a new investigation, then they tell you to shush. But what they don't tell you is World Trade Security was owned by Marvin Bush. And that two weeks before, they evacuated several floors. What the fuck were they doing there behind closed doors? Just a routine inspection. They weren't planning explosives. Sorry, there's no video. It's already gone through deletion. And it's too difficult to ploy for them to follow to completion. Well, I'm here to ask certain characters questions. It's about time the character comes into question. Like who appointed the commission to investigate 9-11? And how come it doesn't even mention what happened to World Trade Center 7? How could a third building implode if it wasn't hit by anything? And why'd the BBC report the fall 20 minutes early? The only way they could have known is if someone already knew. Watch a reporter report the shit with the building in plain view. Go ahead, check out the video. Google it on YouTube. So why buildings collapse into their own footprint? I'm going back to redact original blueprints. P-N-A-C. Learn the acronym, please. It means project for a new American century. Written by Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, and the Dick Cheney. They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and me. It's a part of their coup. It's a call to arms. That's why they wrote it in quote. We need a new Pearl Harbor. How come six months before?
before Silverstein bought the world trade? Was it the 500 million in insurance claims? And how come he didn't show up for work on that particular day? He even admits that demolition was the decision he made Specifically to pull it was the call that he gave But to line explosives you need at least several days Well if that's the case, that's the smoking gun Just ask the scientists about all the thermate they found And how it's only used in demolitions to bring buildings down And why does it look like a missile that hit the Pentagon? If it wasn't to where all the plane parts that crashed to the ground And why'd they have to confiscate every camera around? How come Cheney gave the orders for NORAD to stand down? I can hear the whistles blowing and the sound is getting loud Like jets a hundred miles away breaking barrier sound That's why Bush just sat there, he thought it was another practice round So why buildings collapse into their own footprint? I'm going back to redact original blueprints P-N-A-C, learn the acronym please It means project for a new American century Written by Rumsfeld and the Dick Cheney They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and me It's a part of their coup It's a call to arms That's why they wrote it in quote We need a new Pearl Harbor Hey, this is Jack Blood, your radio gun from DeadlineLive.info and the Jack Blood Show You're listening to the first 52 with Sean Raz Radio Live Stay bold I see them blue. That's a hell of a change of music, isn't it? We go from MK Ultra to some Louis Armstrong. What a wonderful you know, there was a time when we could feel this way. I really believe that. Can we feel that way now, though? I mean, really? Are, are you happy with, with where you see the world at today? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's a hard question to answer. Well... We're going to roll into the red, to the, to the next segment of the show here. Uh, I've got a guest on that I love having on. He's a wealth of information. Uh, you've seen him on RT. You've seen him on, uh, uh, probably Fox News every once in a while. He's probably been all over the place. I don't know if they let him on Fox News anymore, honestly. Um, but Scott Rickard. Scott, how you doing, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me on, Sean. Well, I always love having you on. You're, like I said, a wealth of information. You're fun. Um, and, uh, you're very well informed and that's an important thing right now with what we're going through. It's hard to stay informed when you've got uh, a lot of misinformation being tossed about. You know, you're the second person now over the past couple of weeks of me changing to this Tuesday format that has, uh, brought that up, this misinformation. Uh, so let's, well, first of all, how you doing, man? How's, how's life been treating you? Everything been good? No, it's good. I was good. How about yourself? Oh, excellent. You know, uh. Working, doing this stuff, and and having fun with the family—that's the most important thing in life at this point in time to me. Um, but this disinformation, this misinformation—you uh, know—I've been caught sharing articles from some of these uh, fake websites that uh, use false information but real names. Uh, I've been caught myself getting tied up into uh, uh, bad whistleblowers or un- unreal information coming out. So. What are you seeing? Where, what, where, what's the biggest one you're playing with right now? Well, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, the, the, a lot of us get caught up in that. You know, obviously there are uh, you know individuals out there that are more trustworthy. Um, there's certainly every once in a while hoax get thrown out there, uh, and then uh, you know certainly you have a um, a, a wide variety of um, of uh, propagandists. Uh, you know, even in obviously in the mainstream media. Uh, but certainly in the uh, alternative media, you know, take, for example, you know, some of the uh, agendas that like the uh, 
uh, Alex Jones will take on or, uh, you know, some of the agendas that, um, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, let's say, let's put Glenn Greenwald on the, on the chopping block mm-hmm. where nine times, eight, eight to nine times out of 10, you know, Glenn Greenwald's on the right side of the coin. And then every once in a while he'll, uh, um, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll stride over to the, uh, to the paymasters and, uh, and collect his coin and, uh, and support that, you know, the agenda of the day for, say, a, uh, George Soros and a, a Pierre Omidia. I'd put, uh, Abby Martin, for example, in that same basket. You know, she does a really good job on RT, but, uh, at the end of the day, if you're looking at, uh, um, the, uh, the relationships that she has, uh, with the, the left wing, uh, sort of, uh, um, uh, I would call it uh, uh, George Soros bought network. Uh, she's very close to that network. And, now, uh, she'll... now hasn't but, hasn't she? Uh, I, I thought just recently she was done with uh, RT and with breaking the set, or is it just her show that's gone? But she'll still be with RT. Yeah, I think she's finished with that uh, more recently. But at the end, you know, she still is a very powerful voice, uh, like Glenn Greenwald, uh, for that George Soros network. Okay. And that's, that's a network that is, you know, uh, madly at work in Ukraine right now. Uh, they were behind uh, a lot of the uh, initiatives and the NGOs uh, that uh, were really pushing uh, extremely aggressive and uh, what we would call right wing or fascist uh, um, uh, initiatives, uh, supposedly coming from a liberal Democratic Party. Uh, but it has a lot to do with... Um, you know, old historic ties uh, of uh, European allies. Uh, you know, when we talk about the Polish-Lithuanian empires, the Swedish empires, obviously the British empire, uh, French empire, and so on. So those those empires, although people believe that they're not alive any longer, are still very much alive and kicking and have had, you know, massive influence on the United States foreign policy for well over 150 years. Well, we know that we know that you know when we look at the mainstream media here in the U.S., CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, they are the propaganda arm to try to get exactly what it is that that the message is that that's wanted to get be got out at that given moment. Uh, it's just as well as we know that that RT and Algier, uh, Al Jazeera, um, America are both propaganda arms trying to counter, you know, what's being put out on the American side. Uh, so we can't trust any of them, really. We got to expect that both sides you're going to get a little truth here and there out of them, but for the most part, it's well, propaganda. Well, that's not true. So let's let's take for example. Uh, um, we'll we'll t- examine each one. Yeah, I can remember we all uh, uh, when we were younger would all say, "Oh, I really like to watch BBC. They've got a lot more details. You know, the BBC is a better network." and so on and so forth. Yeah, and, they knew a building collapsed 20 minutes before it collapsed. I mean, damn, they're yeah, a good network. That's, funny. that's hilarious. <laughs> and then uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So then, then the other side of that, you know, we as we got older, we we're like, oh crap, you know, BBC is just is it has more broad of a stroke in their uh, um, in their propaganda uh, arm than the uh, the American networks. And so then you look at you know let's let's take the example of Al Jazeera. Now Al Jazeera, uh, you know, realized that that paper was founded out of uh, out of Qatar. Uh, and Qatar is, you know, extremely closely tied to the, uh, um, British Petroleum and American Petroleum, uh, uh, networks. Uh, and the, um, the, the, the country is, is, is basically less than a million Qataris. 
but uh, um, but has you know basically what is considered probably one of the top five, at least top ten uh, news networks in the world. Right, and it's funded directly by the Emir. Uh, a, a huge amount of funding coming directly out of the uh, the, the 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 monarchy's uh, um, uh, uh, pocketbook, and and also the 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 headquarters for the British and the American Empire in the Middle East is out of Qatar. So I think it's clear to say here that you know when Al Jazeera came, first came out, I too, as an intelligence guy, thought, hey, this is a lot better than American news. It's really good, but what's what's happened is, and you've seen this over the last um, uh, few um, wars that the uh, that NATO and their allies have instigated in uh, Libya and Syria and Iraq and so on. A lot of the reporters working for Al Jazeera were being asked to lie about the scenarios, and they quit their jobs. So there's been dozens who have come out and said, "Hey, look, Al Jazeera is not real." Right. And so that was, and so that's been something that uh, um, uh, has come out. But now I'll, I'll also take a step back and say that every once in a while, if you watch some of the documentaries on Al Jazeera, there's some incredibly in-depth and accurate reporting still going on there. So it just, it's, it's a lot of it is really opportunistic. A lot of it is uh, um, driven by mainstream media. Uh, I'll call it hype uh, so that they'll join in on the, on the Associated Press or UPI, United Press International or, Agence Press France or BBC networks and, and run the same rhetoric off their same, you know, uh, uh, uh feed. Right. Right. There's their same feeds. And so, so you'll have that, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll try to push that rhetoric. Now, when they're operating in the Arab world, in the, uh, in the Arab language, you know, they have to be a little more, um, uh, careful because they don't want to look as though they're a propaganda arm for the West. So they've still got a lot of people fooled in the Arab world. Uh, they, uh, they certainly don't have anybody fooled in, uh, in Iran in the, um, but, uh, the, the real case is, is that you have these networks that were built by individuals like George Soros. I would consider the Amir a George Soros equivalent or, um, what's the guy that owns Fox, uh, um, Rupert uh, Murdoch. Murdoch, exactly. Uh, so these are individuals that have, you know, obviously political agendas, and those political agendas are tied to the kinds of individuals that either keep their jobs or lose their jobs uh, based upon the commentary that they provide. You know, Sank Uger is a great example of that. Um, I don't know if you know his story. Uh, when he was at NBC, he was trying to get his ratings up to about six million, uh, which is the equivalent of, let's say, like a Glenn Beck okay. uh, when he was on Fox. And when he got those ratings up to six million viewers, uh, he was going to get the uh, the six o'clock spot, and when he got to that spot, uh, the NBC uh, um, executive said, "Look, can you talk more like a senator and not be so uh, you know sort of open minded?" And he goes, "Well, that's not how I got six million viewers." And they said, "Well, how about if we have to offer you this executive level job instead of the six o'clock spot?" And he says, "I quit," and that's when he went and founded Current TV, that was ironically bought by the same guy that owns Al Jazeera. <laughs> Yeah, so and and then you know obviously it was a uh, uh, more of a left wing uh, network because you know Al Gore was one of the owners and uh, you know but Saint Uger still continues to operate uh, with I would say more legitimate than than uh, say an Abby Martin or a uh, um, but it's still more of a left wing uh, well connected network uh, based upon the uh, you know the financing and the ownership. That are there, and he's got to, you know, he's got to be very careful about, you know, ruffling the wrong feathers 
you know, if he wants to maintain his employment there. Well, that brings up a good so question. I, what, what's your take on this, what I call the news people purge? Uh, we're seeing long-term people uh, getting caught in lies, uh, passing away, uh, quitting jobs. What... What's your take on all that? I mean, even add Abby Martin into that because she really is, you know, RT is, has become a, a power, kind of a powerhouse in America. Uh, so even her, you know, losing her position, we're seeing a lot of these people. What's going on there? Do you have a, a theory behind that or an idea? Well, uh, well, let's take, for example, uh, um, I, probably Brian Williams is an example. Uh, there's others. Uh, there's been, you know, certainly Sanchez when he lost his job because he said something that was considered anti-Semitic. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, obviously there are certain things that you can't say, uh, you know, uh, the, the ethics behind Brian Williams, I don't quite understand. Uh, um, you know, obviously going after Bill O'Reilly, uh, that's, that's like, uh, you know, that's like, uh, shooting ducks in a pond. I mean, Jesus, that guy's an easy target. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Brian Williams is, uh, I think Dan Rather lost his job for, you know, similar circumstances. Right. Uh, I guess the, uh, the, the, the real issue there is, you know, it, it, it isn't an environment, uh, um, that people are free to do reporting. Uh, and if it were, uh, there would be a lot more, uh, attraction to, um, you know, independent analysis, uh, that's going above and beyond, uh, what these, uh, these organizations are providing us. Uh, you know, their, their, their goal is not to, um, inform, but to, to guide. I mean, this was a, a practice that was developed uh, back in the early 1900s uh, by Edward Bernays. Right. They uh, want to guide, guide, and implant an idea and push that idea further along. Exactly, exactly. So, so you know, and and when and when somebody's uh, you know, I guess like Brian Williams is is caught you know between the crosshairs because obviously he was you know. Uh, outed uh, uh, by being dishonest uh, uh, during his particular participation in that event. Dishonest, I think that's that's being kind there, Scott. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, you know, the same thing happened at CNN uh, when a couple of reporters were claiming to be in uh, Iraq, in, wasn't uh, it? In, in uh, Saudi Arabia What's when that? Iraq was firing Scud missiles. You know, there's uh, there's plenty of evidence uh, between be, between those two reporters. And one went on to be a uh, um, uh, an executive at NBC, and the other one's some kind of shock jock out of St. Louis. Now I can't remember their names. Weren't they the really in like a in a sound studio somewhere in like New York or Chicago or? They were in Atlanta. Yeah, they're in Atlanta, Atlanta. In the studio, going to be under fire under Scud missiles. But the so, news tells us the truth all the time, Scott. Come on, I mean, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's that that's what kind of what led us to this uh, thing is that you know we are we're in a uh, constant feed of uh, of you know information that is uh, uh not legitimate that is uh, uh incredibly um biased based upon a uh, a national uh, political perspective and both parties are uh, um are you know are are guilty of uh you know not outing the uh, um the uh, uh, i guess the president or 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 an out outing the uh well, they'd be um, racist uh, then if they did that so we can't out the president no right or or not not just the president but i was thinking the emperor uh the emperor you know nobody wants to say the emperor is not wearing clothes right right so, he's running around naked so, right now nobody wants to tell him nobody wants to tell him. <laughs> and so you know when and when you you and you and i and others we talk about statistics or we talk about the agendas we talk about the political um affiliations of 
you know, not just the uh, United States government, but, you know, international governments. And then you start throwing in the financial uh, oligarchs, you know, like the George Soros's and, uh, and the Rupert Murdoch's and, of other countries. And there's, you know, there's banking icons that come out of uh, Goldman Sachs that are, you know, basically running the show out of the Brookings Institute and other, you know, think tanks in Washington, D.C., which, by the way, aren't elected officials but never leave Washington, D.C. and know it better than any of the elected officials that, uh, that they pick to, uh, um, to run those positions, because these are the guys actually hand-picking the ballots that we vote for. Well, so, yeah, we know the banks control it all, if, if you really get down to it, the, these executives, like you're saying, and the rotation between different agencies and the government, you know, it all kind of ties it together to make oh, sure, sure they've got their web all around us. Uh, before yeah, we you get a flunky like you get a flunky like Michael Chertoff to run the uh, Department of Homeland Security, exactly. Yeah, just as he's getting ready to sell body scanners, but that's a whole other story in itself. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and before we move off the media idea, uh, you had mentioned alternative media. Uh, there's a lot of alternative media out there. There's there's right. from the smallest little guy to the biggest guy. Uh, I tend to find the people in the middle uh, seem to have some of the best research um it's just you got to make sure you're you're tracking it and following up on it the one up top and the ones on the really really bottom uh usually right. tend to you have to be really careful with so bring us well, an example know, of what you're talking about with the alternative media so it's pretty broad stroke let's let's look at um somebody that would be considered on top uh but yet i you know, nobody knows who he is so we need to put him in the middle or in the bottom but uh dan bouchelle was an excellent commentator uh, out of RT. He did uh, 30 some odd episodes on a uh, program called Truth Seeker uh, at RT. Um, and then all of a sudden, RT took down all of his episodes. He didn't have a program anymore. And, you know, people like Abby Martin are saying that, uh, you know, he was uh, not legitimate because he was putting out uh, uh, information that wasn't well researched and didn't have any uh, basis. Well, first of all, Abby Martin's uh, um, the pot calling the kettle black. Uh, you know, punching her way out of a, a paper bag would be tough for her. And secondly, and secondly, uh, you know, she's very well spoken, very very easy on the eyes. Right. Uh, but uh, but uh, I wouldn't put her uh, as I as the tool I would choose from the shed to cut the tree. So um, I can understand that. I mean, listen, I don't have any uh, any faith to any direct person. You know, I've, I've watched a lot of these people grow. Um, I've been watching Abby Martin, Martin since she was little in, in her beginning of this whole movement. And I've watched other people. So right. it's a matter of what they're producing and, and what you take from well, what it's they're also doing. their connections. So, so that's what I'm, that's where I'm going is that, so what, what, uh, um, what I think was really interesting about, uh, what, um, uh, Dan was doing is Dan was looking deeper into, um, uh, individuals like myself, uh, Kevin Barrett was, uh, uh on his program. Some of the best uh, um, uh, lawyers in the world that were prosecuting, uh, you know, Bush and Cheney were on the program. It was he just had some really excellent uh, alternative guests that are not allowed to talk on stations, even like RT. You know, a a Abby Martin was uh, notorious for bringing on uh, guys like John Pfeffer, you know, who is just some fluff out of a, uh, um, a left wing think tank uh, right there uh, in Washington, D.C., and, and these are the kinds of folks that, uh, you know, she was calling it as experts. The, the, you know, the individuals that she was bringing in experts were just unreasonably uh, ridiculous. So I, I looked at the work that a guy like Dan Bouchelle was doing, being highly more detailed, 
uh, well more researched. And then the commentary you get from, uh, you know, a child like Abby Martin was that, you know, his show was no good. It was hor- horribly researched. There was no analysis. So I, I'm looking at, oh, well, there we go. There's somebody, you know, not, you know, talking out of the side of their mouth. She doesn't know what the heck she's talking about. In my right. Opinion. Okay. So, and, and that, and that, but yet, yet she had a much broader audience. Right. And, uh, um, and he would had a much smaller audience. Well, she and, had a bigger and, connection to the the alternative groups. You know, she came out of the out of 9/11 the, out of Truth the movement. Soros network, out of all the Occupy guys, exactly. Right. And you know, she has a connection to uh, um, what was the guy Adam versus the man, Adam Kokesh. Kokesh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Kokesh was another one. I, I, you know, I've been to many of his events. He's he's pretty illegitimate. You know, I mean, I like the guy. He says some smart things. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I like him personally, but from a political perspective or a news perspective, you know, he's, he's like battery acid. You know, you want to be careful not to touch it. Well, I think we so, discussed uh, him before because, you know, after he got arrested for the whole shotgun incident, I, right. I, questions were raised in my mind about his legitimacy, about where well, he really is and what he really is. He was recently on Dr. Drew and he did a really good job. At, you know, basically saying that the military was, you know, a, uh, was basically running out of hand and it was, you know, w- way too much for what, you know, the amount of threat that's around the world. So he does actually have some legitimate perspectives on right. things. Uh, maybe, you know, talking about tripping on mushrooms and smoking weed all the time and trying to run for Congress. That might not gonna, those, those two might not go together. Yeah. You know, I, I see that a lot. I see that a lot in the alternative people I know that I'm, I'm friends right. with that and, uh, I watch social media from people who are outside of what we talk about go, well, what the hell's wrong with this guy? He's just done too many mushrooms or, you know, he's taking too much D- uh, DMT or whatever. Uh, right. uh, so yeah, I, I get that, how that can destroy and hurt your credibility. Any little thing like that, if you're going to be a public figure, as a lot of these people are, can hamper that. And I wonder why that's become such a big thing in this in this freedom i don't even know what to call it let's call it the freedom movement you know well uh, i would just say that you know obviously uh you know i've been to uh you know a couple of adam's uh, rallies and and needless to say there's a lot of uh, um uh you know components of it that are uh not very productive and, and don't get me so, wrong i'm not i'm not some straight edge guy not like i don't no, me you know, either. possibly I mean, I'm, light I'm, up a bowl here or there you know what i mean yeah but it's but if you want, if you want somebody to, uh, uh, you know, to basically take you to the next level, you're not going to choose a guy, you know, that they can barely make the junior varsity team. So, <laughs> so, I mean, so that's all. I mean, I, it's just, that's all. I don't, I just don't think he has the skills to, he's not, he's not the kind of guy I'd mentor or, or feel like I'd want to, uh, you know, get under his wing and feel like I could learn something from him. Gotcha. So that if, 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 if that's the case, you know, you, you're looking for somebody that would be a leader, you know, and, and could be a guy like Chris Hedges or, uh, you know, guys that, uh, you know, really have, you know, well-spoken, uh, well-thought-out, um, uh, you know, uh, material and and can articulate it without, you know, sticking their foot in their mouth. Well, you see, he so. used to be like that. You know, if you go back six, seven years ago uh, to when he first started doing his speeches and and standing up against this, right when he got out of the military, that was where he was at that point in time. Uh, and there I, were speeches that he gave that were tremendous. I saw, I remember watching many of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where he's in the white button-up shirt and he's just, you know, going. I can't remember the exact title of it, but it was, it was, I think, oh uh, eight or oh nine, and that was an incredible yeah. speech, and that's very moving. And and we see that. And I guess you know, if we go back through history, we see other people that 
have gone through that process. Uh, if you go to the sixties or seventies, who might have oh, been look that? John John Kerry tried to get away with that, and look what look what kind of look kind of douche he turned into. Yeah, yeah, great example. All right, so yeah. let, let's let's move uh, to foreign policy because that's something. To be honest with you, I am really lacking in. I'm not the greatest when it comes to what's going on overseas, what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on uh, in Iraq. Because the first thing that goes in my mind is it's all been planned and plotted anyway, so why am I going to bother paying attention to it? Uh, yeah, well, I've been, I, I've been pretty lucky lately. I've, I've had uh, some uh, really interesting interviews. Uh, I, I, my hat goes out to uh, Press TV. It's uh, um, you know, obviously out of Iran, but uh, I, they've been very helpful at helping me get a, at least a platform on the international television network. You know, it would be the the network's really the CNN of Iran, and they broadcast all around the world in, in English. And it's uh, um, it's blocked on satellites throughout uh, Europe. Uh, it's certainly not on any television or satellite that you can get in the United States. Uh, we can only get it online, unfortunately, on uh, on the internet. And uh, statistically, uh, nine out of ten people get their news from network television. Sadly, unfortunately. Uh, so, so ten percent of the United States uh, has an opportunity of seeing this uh, um, that type of media. But unfortunately, the ten percent uh, that are remaining are still looking at online media like. Uh, Let's say, for example, CNN, Fox, you know, MSNBC, and so on and so forth online rather than on their network television. You know, so, I, I wish people would grow into the way we are, because I'll be honest, I very rarely turn on Fox or CNN. You know, like when I go to lunch, the pizza shop I go to has CNN on, so I get to see a little smidgen of what they're discussing, which leads right. me to look up things and, and think different things like that. But, yeah, I barely ever go to them. Uh, but, yeah, I... I, every once in a while, I'll see the Fox and CNN and those kind of perspectives, you know, either in my feeds or on a story that I'm researching. And I, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll definitely, uh, uh, you know, scan the, uh, the material to sort of get the perspective. But, you know, nine times out of 10, I can guess what the material, what the article is going to say, you know, based upon, you know, who the commentator is that has, uh, um, produced the material because, you know, it, it, these these dogs, you know, are one trick ponies. You know, uh, Maglen Beck, unfortunately, once in a while, he actually says things that make sense. It's not very often. Well, we know but, a broken clock's right twice a day. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, stole my line. That's but, uh, but the, no, no, I'm kidding. But uh, but that you know, there there are there are great um, you know pieces of material you know on every one of these channels. You know, every once in a while. But you've got to you know you've got a lot of other stuff to sift through. In order to find it, and and so you know, I, I we've we've built up you know pretty good networks uh, in these social media environments, to where our feeds um, are uh, I would consider uh, probably better than any newspaper I've ever been able to buy, oh, by or far. any any television network I've been able to watch. But but we're not we're not normal people, uh, Sean. I mean, we we you and I have have Isn't taken that true? <laughs> To teach ourselves. Well, you know, where... it's funny you say that because <clears throat> even uh, a good example of that exact thing was Sunday night. Um, the story of the LAPD shooting the homeless man. It was four hours old, maybe. I saw the video on my Facebook feed, and I went to Google and I searched it, and every single article I found was like 23 minutes old, five minutes old. You know, they had all just got onto it just as I had got onto it just from my Facebook feed. 
That, so, that's exactly right. I mean, that, that's the example I'm trying to give is that, you know, we all have, you know, in our Twitter and Facebook or whatever accounts that we, uh, that we use, we all have the ability to, to have that same, uh, um, AT, UPI, network feed type capability. Right. And it's nice to see that. Well, listen, while we're talking about, I want to move into ISIS, while we're talking about news and how every once in a while you get a gem, uh, from those news organizations, the mainstream ones. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this yet. I haven't heard it. I've just seen it and heard people talk of it. So I want to play this, and th- I think this will move us into the next thing I really want to talk about with you. Getting right to that Fox News alert for you. Terror right here at home. Would-be terrorists trying to join ISIS. The FBI nabbing three New York City residents as they plotted to travel to Syria to wage jihad. Here's what we know about the suspects. Uh, one is a 24-year-old legal resident, originally from Uzbekistan. He worked alongside the 19-year-old at a local uh, falafel restaurant. That suspect, originally from Kazakhstan. The third, who was arrested on I-95 yesterday in Jacksonville, Florida, had overstayed his visa. He is charged with financially supporting the plot to buy the airline tickets to get him over to ISIS. I believe that's a 30-year-old. Now, feds began tracking the trio last year after a series of online posts of an ISIS propaganda form, including this one, quote, I'm in the USA now, but is it possible to commit ourselves as dedicated martyrs anywhere while here? What I'm saying is to shoot Obama and then get shot ourselves. Will I, will it do? That will strike fear in the hearts of infidels, but the president wasn't their only target. Listen. This is real. This is the concern about the lone wolf inspired to act without ever going to the Middle East. The idea that uh, uh, it was made quite plain based on their own statements that if they were not able to uh, go, that they would seek to uh, acquire weapons here, handguns, uh, machine gun, and seek to attack uh, uh, very specifically uh, Police officers. Now, FBI Director James Comey saying the terror investigations are taking place in all 50 states. Judge Scary. Andrew Napolitano joins us now on the Curvy Couch to discuss here. What do you see in this? I see two ways of looking at this. One way, the FBI's way of looking at it is these guys obviously had a predilection to cause harm, and if unrestrained, probably would cause harm, and they're off the streets. Another way to look at it is Nobody was ever in any danger because of them, because in their midst with them, working with them, was an undercover FBI agent. So the entire operation, Eventually. right, the entire operation of the three of them was under the control of the FBI. And the FBI would be the first to tell you that nobody was ever in danger because uh, uh, of these people. Judge, I don't think he was under the control of the FBI. I mean, the guy first made the online threat against the president <coughs> back in August, and then the FBI went and talked to him. Extraordinarily, they didn't arrest him on the spot. Three right. days later, he gives up the other guy, right. and then they the just decision. Then somebody to, went inside. The decision not to arrest him on the spot is probably a very good one because that enables the FBI to gain access to other people that these guys are involved with, right. and it also enables the FBI to put an undercover agent who they think is one of them. Sure, the bad guys think is one of them in the group. But think of how unsophisticated, unprofessional these guys are that they would put on, on a website and on the Internet what their plans They're are. They're living in the cent- seventh century. But they the are. the means of communication, the, though, now they, is ISIS is they, using that to recruit. They are. So is this a real serious plot, or is this one, I suggest people look at it both ways, ginned up by the FBI so that 
they can take credit for this kind of an arrest and these people can be stopped. Uh, Ginned up by the FBI. So, Scott, what's your take on what Judge Knapp, because we know he's always the one that points that out anyway. What's your take on that whole situation there? That's, you know, that's a good scenario. I mean, I've talked about this many times. You know, when you, when you get into the discussion around, let's call them uh, um, mercenaries or terrorists or any, any term that they give these guys, you know, obviously there are people from other countries, you know, not just living in the United States, but living all around the world, uh, that have seen the results of, uh, Western influences. And, and these individuals, you know, they're, they, they are young. They want to make it, uh, you know, a, an impact and they, they talk about these things and they make these kind of, they post some of it. And, and I think one of the things I keyed on is that they're not sophisticated. You know, they're not this massive network that requires these giant intelligence, uh, um, uh, um, budgets and giant military budgets. But what they're doing is they do gin up, not just this scenario, they gin up and they, and they hype up the danger. They, they create the fear and the doubt and the uncertainty of how horrible these three men, you know, if they want to see how horrible things are, ask them to spend the night in the streets of Detroit, uh, one night, uh, uh, you know, this week, pick an any night. And see what's scary. And, and, and see what's really scary going on in this country. Certainly there's foreign people that live here that are, that know more about the history of the world. Obviously this guy from Uzbekistan knows exactly what's going on. The U.S. military was operating freely through there. Uh, going in and out of Afghanistan and murdering Afghanis for the last uh, 10, 15 years. So, uh, and these people are in the United States on uh, visas or whatever it is they can get here. And they, you know, and are they living in the, the seventh century? No. These are people who are, are informed about things that uh, even Napolitano won't recognize uh, and, uh, uh, and will not, you know, talk about from a geopolitical perspective and, why somebody from Chechnya or why somebody from Dagestan or why somebody from, you know, these countries where they're recruiting a lot of these, um, these mercenaries to either join ISIS, uh, you know, from the, 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 uh, um, the West's uh, puppet perspective or join ISIS as a, just a self, uh, motivated individual who goes, look, you know, I'm in the United States. I've dealt with a lot of these Americans. They're all really selfish. They're into Barbie dolls. They're into all these media things. They don't know a damn. They couldn't even tell you where Uzbekistan is. You know, these, this is a country of, uh, you know, will overtain, very over entertained, misinformed and ambivalent people. And, and, and it's no wonder that they're so easily manipulated to go attack other countries and, and cause all this grief uh, around the world and then think that they're, you know, fighting for freedom or, or creating a, uh, you know, a safety net so people can sleep quietly at night in their, in their homes. They're willing to step up, uh, not because they hate America, but they're willing to step up because they feel that what America's doing, uh, is causing a lot of the, the turbulence and turmoil in the world. Yeah, I'm not supporting, you know, any kind of assassinations or, or terrorist activity, but, but I understand why individuals who actually know the real story about what's going on out there are in opposition to what the Americans are doing internationally. And they don't have, and they don't have a, 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 an army of drones. They don't have an army of geospatial satellites. They don't have an army of uh, linguists and intelligence collection and military operations in, you know, uh, uh, hundreds of bases around the world. These guys have you know, a, 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 a car that's probably 10, 15 years old 
and a job that's paying them, you know, 20 bucks an hour at best. So, so, you know, and they're you thinking, describe me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, you know, and I'm not asking you to join ISIS or anything, but I'm telling you that, that that's the, that's the thought process right. of a guy who's like come to this country and gone, Jesus, you know, I mean, I, everybody I talk to, you know, I, if I talk to somebody who watches Fox, they sound like this. If I talk to somebody who watches MSNBC, they talk like this. They don't really don't know. They're, these are just television. These are like a te- this is like a television parrot society. It has gotten so, really bad. It, it, it's, oh, it's gotten it's so, so obvious. Yeah, and so and 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 obviously that we're not talking about guys coming over with PhDs either. These are guys that recognize where they came from and recognize what they've been introduced to, and they're like. Well, I know where I came from and I know how you messed it up there. And I've come here and I've seen, oh my God, it's, there's, the only thing that's different here is that you guys control the, the world, uh, you know, finance alongside your, uh, um, you know, your, your, your financial, uh, pirate partners and your, in their Europeans that created this banking infrastructure only 250 years ago, by the way. Yeah, not that long and, ago. Uh, yeah, not that long ago. And by the way, it's failing. It, it is a miserably failing financial system. And every year we have to throw another trillion log on the fire, and there is no austerity in this country. There is no uh, no nobody suffering. And if they do stop these wars, you think the economy is bad now? Wait till you see what happens to the economies around all these uh, military bases as people start to lose their jobs left and right, or all these manufacturers yeah. lose these jobs left and right because they are fighting these 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 uh, ghost bandits out there because of the media hype. The media hypes it up. The, the, the guys controlling the media are forcing them to hype it up. And actually, I believe that the people that are hyping it actually believe what they're saying because that's what they know. Even the people in the media, I don't think that they're doing it surreptitiously. I think that they're doing it because they don't know any better themselves. Yeah, They've I never been agree. out. I would agree many with that. Have out of, many have been out of the country very little. Yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 uh, I, I'm very good friends with Megyn Kelly's husband. Uh, from Fox News, mm-hmm. and and I know Megyn Kelly doesn't know she she wouldn't dare put me on her show, and the, and I don't think her her, her husband uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, you know Doug Brunt uh, he he won't even entertain the idea of discussing these things with me because he goes that guy it's it it just I'm just too far off the reservation for them, and they they know for a fact Not that you, I Scott. can back up what I think. But no, they know they know I can back up what I say. Oh, because you've lived and, it, you've experienced it. Not only that, I, I I I I use logic, I use statistics, and I use facts. I use facts that they are irrefutable. And when you use that kind of capability, there's there's nobody wants to touch that in American media. You don't know how how many times I've tried to get things into American media, and the only time I've actually made it on American media was on Brian Stelter's. Uh, um, uh, uh, reliable sources of all things, and he was interviewing Liz Wall, the uh, um, Hungarian. Uh, um, uh, um, I can't remember what her her other parents, uh, a Hungarian Filipino uh, girl that uh, um, quit live on RT. Okay, yeah, and, I remember her. Yeah, and, and claimed it was a propaganda network. Right, and then and then you know she she turned out she was just a uh, you know a uh, um, uh, just just an imbecile. You know when she went into other uh, um, other other interviews. And so they ta- they brought me up on the uh, um, on the on the screen and talked about me being a conspiracy theorist. Then I was being interviewed by Eduardo Chevernazzi's granddaughter, Sofia Chevernazzi, on RT, and I was talking about the uh, um, American involvement in Ukraine. 
of March of last year. Now, I went viral in, in Russia last year, and I was on the front page news of Russia talking about this. And then in the United States, I was showcased on a, you know, a, a, a very young, very naive boy show, uh, Brian Stelter. And he was calling me a conspiracy theorist. And then you had this Filipino Hungarian, you know, very young and naive girl going, yes, yes, conspiracy theorist, you know, <laughs> but, it, but there was no research. Cause when I called his cell phone after the show, two hours after the show, I said, yeah, this is Scott Ricard. You just showcased me on reliable sources this morning on your, uh, your morning show at CNN. He goes, excuse me, what's your name? I said, Scott Ricard. He goes, I'm sorry, sir. I don't know your name. <laughs> I said, I was the guy that was being interviewed by, uh, Sophie Chevronazzi. I don't know who she is either. I said, you showcased the program that was on RT on your program. And so then I had to write his producer, had to tell him that, you know, you know, this is, you know, your guys are putting things up and your, your, your announcers don't even know who the people are. <laughs> how does, how, here's my question. How does somebody who is an Air Force intelligence officer who, who, yeah. who was involved in, in defragging information and, and, different things from from other countries for years under different presidents how are you a conspiracy theorist when you you've you've watched these things you you've participated in some of them possibly exactly i mean i my friends who are all still working for the intelligence community go i am so surprised that the black trucks have not shown up at your house yet it's like you you've gotten away with and i said you know clearly i don't say anything that i learned when i was working for you guys i left in the late 80s and, you know, I, although I held security clearances working as a contractor, right. nothing that I talk about has nothing to, anything to do with any of the systems that I built for those, com- for those uh, government uh, environments. So, you know, it's like they, they're like, well, he doesn't say anything that he learned when he was working in that organization. <laughs> you just use your analyst, analyst skills that you gained through that to understand what's going on now. Well, and the open source intelligence that's available today is thousands of times better than anything I had when I was working at the agency in the 80s. I mean, this is well, this is my argument when they say that they need more intelligence. Right now, you know, we're talking about what? Uh, uh, Kosovo was in the uh, early 90s, I think. Uh, so, so we're talking years. About 20 plus years ago, right? Right. When, uh, when this particular uh, incidents were going on, uh, I think, uh, Clinton was in charge at the time or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, we, we, you know, we basic, basically had pretty good intelligence back then. And, uh, and we had, you know, we, we bombed, uh, uh, Milosevic's people, you know, 30,000 bombing runs in a month, right? Now, here we are 25 years later and in an area a little bit bigger than, uh, you know, uh, Bosnia and, uh, um, Serbia and Kosovo. But here we are in Iraq and Syria, and we've got intelligence that's 25 years better. Most of it's out in space coming down from satellites, and we got drones galore. We basically have air superiority over anywhere that we, we please. Plus, we've been in the and region for 13 years almost. Plus, we've been over there forever. We, go, we know every ins and outs of every damn uh, you know, piece of topographical um, uh, you know, uh, uh, scratch on the surface. So there's there's really a, not a lot that we don't know about what's going on there, but somehow these ISIS guys just continue to elude us. These ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand troops, we just can't find them. And they're putting out videos of the exact same. They're putting out videos at the exact same spot in the exact same time of day with the exact same background. Why can't we find these guys? Yeah, and at the same time, you know, in the in this two months or three months now that we're supposedly attacking ISIS with a quote unquote coalition. 
we've done less than 2,500 bombing runs. You know, where in Kosovo, we did 10 times that in a month. Yeah, it makes you more question. than 10 times. So that it, 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 it is a very indicative statistic that you cannot kill the goose that allows you to lay the golden egg. Well, you know, we <laughs> and did. And the golden egg is we want a bigger intelligence budget. We want a bigger military budget. You know, you're basically trying to kill, you're trying to kill an ant with a, uh, with a wrecking ball, you know, so. Well, you know, a, a six foot seven, uh, uh, a guy on dialysis was able to hide in, in Afghanistan for 10 years before we finally killed him in some place in Pakistan, you know. So our well, intelligence really needs to be beefed up because we obviously don't have enough intelligence to find the bad guys. Well, you know, you know the real story behind that, right? <laughs> let me hear, let me hear what you got. So, so here's the deal is that, uh, the Blackwater guy, I can't remember his Thomas, I think his last name, uh, he he murdered a couple of ISI guys, uh, in, um, in Karachi. They were following him and he basically shot out with him and then murdered two. Uh, uh, so basically a CIA contractor murders two ISI guys. I remember and, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and when that happened, uh, there was already a rift between, uh, the, uh, the Western alliances with the, um, I think it was, um, Musharraf at the time. And, uh, and basically they had, uh, um, they had a, uh, a, a close, uh, um, uh, uh, agreement to hide this guy. Uh, in Abbottabad and use him as, as bait in order to, you know, gain access. But he was sequestered in this building. I mean, he, he had, you know, many promises to him. He looked like, looked just like Osama bin Laden. He was able to do, cut these videos and do these things for him. And, and he was operating, you know, you know, less than two miles from the equivalent of the, uh, uh, West Point, uh, training school. And there was a police station within, uh, you know, probably half a mile of, of the uh, the compound that they had built for him. And so here's this guy who looks like Bin Laden, smells like Bin Laden, talks like Bin Laden, and and they they they've got their uh, you know Alibaba and the forty thieves to say that the uh, the ghost is still alive. And so uh, when this rift came in the intelligence community, and they're like, all right, that's enough is enough. There was an agreement that the intelligence community said, look. We've both got a problem. Both of us have been hiding this like faking Bin Laden guy for some time now. We got to get rid of him. All right. So what do we do? Well, we'll let you guys fly in. Just get it over with. Kill him. Get him out of there. And then we'll, we'll claim that it was Bin Laden. We'll agree with you. Everything good? Everybody cool with this story? Well, it took them like they blew up a helicopter. They had some trouble. You know, they're, it's like 45 minutes, all this gunfire. Well, somebody could have drove over there in five minutes. Right. You know? Well, they had to have a big show though. Yeah, there's a helicopter going and crashing over there in the, like, like a half a mile away. Does anybody want to go check that out? <laughs> so, so they, they let him finish their job, let him get out of there. You know, uh, we got to dump the body at sea. You know, that's, that's important. And oh, by the way, destroy the compound and don't let anybody ever get interviewed that was supposedly there. And if they were in it, they, they, they don't agree to that. Just make them go somewhere that's going to be very unpleasant for them for the rest of their lives and make their lives last very short. Yeah, exactly. So, and I so, always thought that too. It's funny that's the story you gave because, uh, you know, that makes the most sense to me that it was. Oh, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you cannot tell me that you, you know, and unfortunately, the young kids, these poor young seals, they said that they, they see a guy that looks like Berlin, they say, hey, we got him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how many of them are dead now, honestly? And a lot of those guys are dead because. When the details come out of the fact that, oh yeah, oh, it took us that much time. Oh yeah. Well, no, we never, re nobody ever came up and questioned why we were there because all the ISI and military guys are going, stay away from that compound. Do not go over there. Let them finish and leave. And then 
Barack Obama comes out, and then they have all these like George Washington University and Georgetown the, like knucklehead kids that are being brainwashed inside the circle, you know, dancing around the White House talking like they got the line, and the whole country believes it. And then the guy that breaks the story, you know, the guy that broke the story in the New Yorker about the quote unquote government official story about what, how bin Laden was taken down. Right. His name is Nicholas Schmeidel. Now, Nicholas Schmeidel worked for nine or from 2002 to 2009, uh, for the CIA in Pakistan and then came back to work uh, at the New America Foundation. Uh, it's a, a Google think tank that his uh, father spoke at and his father was the head of the cybersecurity, uh, um, Division at the, um, it's like a cyber warfare, cyber, cyber security division at NSA. He actually was a deputy head and, uh, General Schmeidel. He was a four star, uh, Marine Corps general and his son, Nicholas, who couldn't, he, this guy, this guy couldn't count the fingers on one hand. I mean, he doesn't know anything from anybody. He's the guy that comes back and he's writing in the New Yorker. If you looked up his name, Nicholas Schmeidel, he's the guy that broke the story on Osama uh, bin Laden. America, for the Osama bin Laden picked up. He wouldn't, he was just a puppet head for the CIA, uh, to basically go, all right, this is the story we're going to tell the public. Let Schmeidel sell it. You know, it's like, you know, let Mikey eat. Mikey eats anything. <laughs> you know, he was dumb enough. He would have told any story. He didn't know what was going on. He'd spent, he'd spent seven years in Pakistan, supposedly writing tribal reports and he couldn't speak the language. So he was believing what any CIA guy already told him. And he was already a, a, a yes man. You know, his dad was a four star general. You know, he was, uh, you know, it, it's just a kid, you know, it's like growing up as a great Santini son, you know? And let's not forget, there was no, no Navy, uh, officers or enlisted personnel to corroborate the, the buried at sea as part of Muslim Safe. tradition, which we know is not part of Muslim tradition, but that's a whole no. other thing. My favorite meme is to see Bin Laden in the, that scuba suit, you know, under underwater. <laughs> That's one of my favorite memes. <laughs> I mean, I still, I still believe with with uh, what um, Steve Pachenik has said that he died in October, uh, put on ice until needed for the body. Uh, but maybe again, like you said, that was a, a double, so possibly they wouldn't need him yeah. on ice, and he was already just, you know, destroyed earlier in the in the whole story yeah, of this. Died. He had died a long time ago. Nobody survives in the mountains, as you said. We want to die. Alice was the scene. You know, I, I don't know the last time I checked, but uh, um, uh, most of my friends that were on dialysis uh, are, are, didn't last more than like five to ten years. So. Yeah, at the most, maybe. Right. Yeah. And, and, and even with t technology today, there's not a small enough dialysis machine to be able to transport and move. And that's today through right. through the wood or through the mountains like that. Right. And so, you know, the, the, the whole Benazir Bhutto was one of the more legitimate leaders out of Pakistan yeah, until they killed and, her. Yeah. They were killed her because, you know, she was, you know, these are, these are guys that are used to running empires and, uh, Pakistan has been under the British empire for far too long that to not be under the thumb of, of that. There was a couple of, uh, um, ISI generals, uh, and colonels that, um, uh, I was friends with on Facebook and, you know, they're getting older now, but uh, a couple of them have died. Uh, but but they're you know they know the story. But the more they speak out, the more they they risk their own safety because you know that's you know like the United States, you know they were involved very much involved in very surreptitious covert activities. But unlike the United States, uh, you know there it's it's more likely there that there'll be repercussions. You know the, the one thing that we do have left is at least the sp the freedom of speech. But every once in a while, you know, they'll go after, you know, individuals 
Um, you know, unless your name is Petraeus, uh, I don't know if you saw the news today. <laughs> yeah, he he got a great deal out of uh, disseminating yeah. information he should not have been disseminating. He's not going to get anything really. Yeah, you pay you pay a forty thousand dollar fine, right? Right, There's nothing to this guy, and you get two years probation, which I'm sure is uh, probably you know, uh, hey, uh, you got to uh, go on this website. <laughs> you know, and, whatever that probation and, means to him. And, and in two so, years, and in two years, we'll have a show on Fox. You know, yeah. just like what's his face that was part of the Iran Contra that should be should have went to jail for God knows how long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ali yeah. North. Yeah, Ali North. So, thank you. So you know, the funny part about that is that you know Petraeus uh, was uh, what was her last name? Her first name? Or, uh, what was her first name? It was Broadwell. Something Broadwell. Oh, the that, chick the, out of Tampa. Yeah, the girl out of Tampa oh, who was supposedly. Name? Supposedly, uh, you know, writing his, uh, biography. Right. And was passing this, uh, um, this, this intelligence to. Now, let's be clear. This girl is another Tufts University graduate, right? And, uh, if you don't know about Tufts University, it was created, uh, by the Jebson family, which are Swedish, uh, that are very closely tied with the British Empire. Most people don't know that the East India Trading Company was actually headquartered out of Stockholm, even though people believe that it was a British company. Because the Swedes were uh, very closely tied with the British uh, for over 500 years, so these uh, these Swedish came to our country and built Tufts University, the Jebsen family, and now it is the premier uh, uh, university, so premier that the Fletcher School of Law uh, is now, uh, you know, if you're a graduate of the Fletcher School of Law and you've gone to through Tufts University, which Pierre Midiar has been through, and all these other folks. Uh, these uh, elite oligarchs that are involved in geopolitical politics. Uh, these are the, the king's, uh, all the king's horses and all the king's men go to this school. And uh, when you're, and she, Broadwell, is also a Tufts University uh, sponsor and graduate. And supposedly she was, you know, a close confidant of Petraeus. Right. I believe that she's, uh, she's a, uh, um, she's a, a, a foreign spy. I believe that, that uh, she's operating for foreign intelligence, and really? she was gathering foreign intelligence for somebody like the Mossad or some foreign intelligence. Absolutely. I, I, absolutely I wish we could, would have had time to get into that because we had Netanyahu, not Netanyahu in, uh, in the country today uh, spouting, oh, spewing whatever yeah. there was he was spewing. Uh, you know, uh, God I forbid would, we don't support was, Israel. No doubt he was spewing messianic apocalyptic crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let him do it. Uh, DHS funding, uh, I think a lot of, and I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about NAP's response, I think a lot of that situation uh, was revolving around this this lack of funding so far. I know we've got a weak extension that they've got funding for. My biggest fear right. is when I saw that is that we might see a, a 9-11 style or 9-11 level uh, event that, to make sure we get this funding. Do you see that in the near future? Has that crossed your mind at all? Well, um, you know, this, the, uh, the, the ability and the, uh, I guess the, um, the agenda or the, the scheme or the strategy has always been that way. When you do not get what you can get politically, you, you use, um, uh, tragic events to get them, uh, popular. Now, do you and, think uh, they'll use internet or do you think it'll be, cause me and my old co-host, we went over back and forth about this. He seems to think that, you know, with the, uh, the, uh, net neutrality passing, that they'll use that kind of attack, uh, to help get the DHS funding. But I don't see that as something that would push DH, 
DHS funding. I really think there has to be depth in order well, to get that through. Okay, so let's let's do both. I mean, let's say that you uh, uh, use a cyber attack on a nuclear uh, facility and it causes a, a nuclear disaster. Boom! There you got exactly what you wanted. Yeah, good point. So yeah, so you know, there's a uh, that and and can that be an inside job? Can that be somebody you know that is in the nuclear regulatory business who's operating for foreign intelligence? You bet. I mean, you know, every single facet of American operations are susceptible to that particular uh, um, inside uh, attack by supposedly a, a friend and not a foe, and they'll find a way to pin it to a foe because they'll find some duck out there who's, uh, uh, you know, a you know the, the, the level of incompetence of an Abby Martin who believes that they're doing the right thing. It'd be, and, like, it'd be uh, like an Iran attack. Oh, we got to go get Iran now because you know they want yeah, Iran. Iran. Iranians came back at us because of their Stuxnet. Look at that now. And the DHS couldn't stop it because they didn't have that cybersecurity funding. And you're not even funding what they're trying to do now. My God, what's wrong with you? Yeah, now we got 20,000 dead because we had a nuclear meltdown, radiator, right. radiator, 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 radiator. You know what I'm trying to say, meltdown. Yeah, yeah so you, yeah, you got a radioactive, uh, uh, you know, a tragedy. You know, the size, uh, you know, as bad, not as bad as Fukushima, but, you know, it's, it's now we've got one on our soil, you know, and how, what are we going to do now? Right. And so, you know, it, 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 and is that what they're going to do? Is it going to be that kind of activity? And, and the, the point that I try to make is these false flags are the way that the, um, uh, the enemy will operate in order to control our politics. And the enemy has been in the country for well over 150 years. And has been operating freely, uh, um, I'd say probably since the sixties or seventies. Since the death of Certainly. Kennedy. What, yeah, since the death of Kennedy. And, uh, uh, and it, and it becomes almost like kabuki theater to me, uh, what, you know, seeing through it, you know, over and over and over again, you know, when you have these knuckleheads like Netanyahu who create such a stir and then you see the massive participation and the, and the record-breaking um, uh, funding for you know, APAC and the amount of record-breaking campaigns that they're supporting, and the, you know these fifty some odd uh, uh, um, uh, congressmen and, and senators that have decided not to attend Netanyahu's speech today can kiss their jobs goodbye. Oh yeah, you know, they will never get reelected. They might even be able. To, they might even be able to kiss their lives goodbye. You know, you never know. Well, yeah. But thankfully, they, well, they don't operate that freely. Otherwise, you know, uh, I, I, I might be shot in the back of the head as I'm talking to you. So, you know, thankfully, it's just pure, pure uh, gunning. The days of Meyer Lansky are uh, much. There's a lot more finesse in the game now. Yeah, they do it with with uh, remote control cars and driving you in the trees like they did Michael Hastings. But that's uh, we you could know, go on for hours. <laughs> there is yeah, there is some discussion about that. Uh, Michael Hastings. Uh, it was a very very uh, curious. Uh, very suspicious uh, way to die there. Yeah, I agree. Yes, it was. Uh, Scott Rickard, Ricard of uh, Press for or, uh, Veterans for Peace, right? That's where you like to hang your hat? Well, that is the only organization other than the Republican Party that I've ever joined. And I, and I only joined the Republican Party, just to, for the record, because I, I, you, if you want to know, uh, uh, you know how the house smells, you got to step into the house. Yep. And plus yeah, in Florida, no. if you want to vote in the primary, you have to be registered. That's correct, but uh, but also uh, you can be registered without being a part of it. Uh, there there are you know the, the statistics and the uh, the numbers when it comes to politics are very important. 
you know, there are uh, uh, 3,000 delegates in the state of Florida that control the destiny of the Republican Party, and they they operate in these executive committees in each uh, each of the districts. And the larger the district, uh, the larger the control. The eighth largest district, the eight largest districts in the state of Florida control half of the delegate votes, but there's over 60 different districts. So I think what people need to understand is those districts are very well known to foreign intelligence. Those numbers and those statistics are very well known, but you could knock on a hundred doors in, uh, in your county and ask the questions about these, uh, these kind of statistics and they'd all look at you like you were, you know, talking some alien language. So I, I think when, you know, they, they, they do a lot to restructure, uh, the, uh, the voting and they do a lot to, so when you work within the political system, you, you, the, the, it reeks of, of corruption. It reeks of outside influence, whereby uh, you know you see your fellow delegates as nothing more than you know uh, television. You know Fox. Unfortunately for the Republican Party, Fox News television parrots. I've got relatives that are Fox News television parrots, so trust me, it's wonderful when we do Thanksgiving or or Christmas dinners <laughs> together. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> it's always fun. It really is. All right, Scott. Uh, so people can find you. Go to Veterans for Peace. Uh, find him there. Just Google his name. You can find multiple, multiple, multiple uh, YouTube and RT interviews with him. Um, I suggest you look him up, research what he talks about, and listen to what the guy talks about. It's it's yeah, important. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the platform. I appreciate it. I know you guys. I love love doing the show, and I still need to. Uh... I'm off probation uh, in uh, in May, so I'm coming down to have a beer with you. Excellent, man. I look forward to it by far. Listen, Scott, I appreciate your time tonight. You uh, go to enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll talk to you again soon. We won't go as far as we as long as we did this past time. Oh, I'd love to do it anytime. Length is not a problem. All right, excellent, man. I appreciate it. You have a great evening. Thanks, Sean. You too. Bye bye. There goes Scott. It's always a good time having him on. Like I said, he's a wealth of information. Uh, he's got so much to share, and he lived through a lot of this stuff that we're seeing. All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. i got to make sure I can sit here for a little bit longer because as of right now, I don't know how much longer I could sit here. All right, you guys, listen to the first 52 on Rams Radio Live. It's a Tuesday edition. It is March 3rd. We'll talk to you in a couple minutes. It's actually the, the very definition of terrorism. They're trying to kill people for a political agenda. It's just, you know, a nicety. So, uh, yeah, just keep in mind, guys, that the news agencies are not there to tell you the truth. They're there to tell you what they're told to tell you. You're still stuck to the American dollar, and you're still stuck to American laws. I still want to have the freedom to go where I want to go if I need to go. Uh, I think that's the most important thing in my mind, at least. And this goes along... If this is going to be another cum cum trail... (laughs) (laughs) I've got lesbians, and he's got cum trail... Okay, why don't you just move along? Animals get in the way when you're doing a radio what show. What I think is gonna, they're going to have to redirect the American's mindset. <laughs> that would have been even more fun. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I want you all to keep your eyes open and your ears open on what's going on. It's the first 52.
we're living in a cage with invisible walls. The wicked zeitgeist of life making grown men crawl on their knees, begging, please save us from the boogeyman. Funded by the CIA, funneled through Arabian banks. Like a shank to the neck, they hit you from the back, no sweat. Ho check and watch it shake and take away your freedom. You really don't need them when you're tucked away safe and protected by FEMA. Then you must be a dreamer, like the great pretender. As the second amendment, why I'll never surrender. But I'll never plead a fifth when it comes to September. I'ma yell it from the roof and expose the agenda. It's time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the troopers and patriots. Free and dying hearts, speaking through battle scars. Of one becomes a global resistance. Time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the truth as a patriot. Free and dying hearts, speaking through battle scars. An army of one becomes a global resistance. Like I was chosen by God, I was sent with a message to destroy the new world order and dispose of the wreckage. I've been broken and tested, reconstructed, invested, injected with truth. Now the truth has been restless, distressed and aggravated as I rally the masses. Out to make you see what I see when I wear my sunglasses. Watch me see. Like a bee, but my name ain't Cash. When we confront the tyranny, give them 33 lashes of truth for the youth, for the red, white, and blue. Fuck the mark of the devil and the NAU. Bilderberg, CFR, keep your new world order. We'll live as free men or we'll die as free souls. Time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the troopers and patriots. Free and dying hearts, speaking through battle scars. An army of one becomes a global resistance. Time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the truth as a patriot Living free and dying hard, speaking through battle scars An army of one becomes a global resistance Let me tell you something, Warrior, it's too late You can kill people like me You can shut us down, you can put us in prison The people gotta face the truth And there's nothing on earth you can do To stop this information warfare migration It's time to wake up and open your eyes To the matrix, this is going out to the truth as a patriot Living free and dying hard, speaking through battle scars An army of one becomes a global resistance It's time to Wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the truth as a patriot. Living free and dying hard, speaking through battle scars. An army of one becomes a global resistance. What's up, Reds Radio fam? It's your man, Wayne in Baltimore, and I'm doing my thing live on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when I bring you the chocolate drop on RedsRadioLive.com. Join us as we play music, talk sports, politics, and whatever's going on in the news. And um, chances are you might learn something. Chances are you won't. So join me and Joe from Maine on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RedsRadioLive.com. Oh, and by the way, no devil music. Do 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 do. Your doctor, pills become bullets, then they poison your water. A pharmaceutical army built to slaughter. Two men in masks come for your wife and your daughter. Whoa. Now what? 
they come for the guns. And God and demons disguise as priests and nuns. Time to run with no place to go except Honduras, where the man called Foretold Jones. Slowing bones and they disguise with robot drones. Check the infrared radar for UFOs. Silver and gold, we hold the weather's control. By genetically modified hybrid drones. Built in bunkers with subjects under mind control. Injected and observed in the combat zone. Now come on. CC. They will clean up all your talking in a manner such as this. They will make you take a tinkle when you want to take a piss. And they'll make you call fellatio a trouser-friendly kiss. Here's the plain situation. There's no negotiation with the fellas at the freaking FCC. They're as stuffy as the stuffiest of special interest groups. Make a joke about your bowels and they order in the troops. Any baby with a brain could tell them everybody poops. Take a tip, take a lesson. You'll never win by messing with the fellows at the freaking FCC. And if you find yourself with some young sexy thing, you're gonna have to do her with your dinger. You can't say penis So they sent this little warning They're prepared to do their worst And they stuck it in your mailbox Hoping you could be coerced I can think of quite another place They should have stuck it first They may just be neurotic Or possibly psychotic They're the fellows Hey, this is Jack Blood, your radio gun from DeadlineLive.info and the Jack Blood Show. You're listening to the first 52 with Sean Raz Radio Live. Stay bold. I had to, I had to play that, you know, with the fact that the internet is now a utility 
and we have to be regulated by the FCC. How much longer will you be able to tune in to Raz Radio Live and listen to the first 52 or listen to Bob Tuscan or Amber and Katie or Kevin Harris? Let's not forget Wayne and Lawrence. All of us. We may not still be here. Thanks to net neutrality. I got to find somebody to interview to really discuss that and, and educate me on what it, it's all about. Because I'll be honest, I don't, I don't understand it 100%, but I do know that uh, anytime the government gets control of anything, they tend to screw it up pretty bad. I, I think that's historically proven, and I, I think it's something we should be concerned about, without a doubt. You know, uh, I, I, you can look at phone bills back in the 70s and 80s that were $12, and now we're paying outlandish long-distance bills and, and outlandish phone bills in general. You know, when they take it over, they screw it up. And I won't be able to say shit. Uh-oh. Are they coming already? Uh, they didn't apply the rules yet. I have to wait for that to happen. Ugh. Can't wait for these allergies to go away. I'd like to remind you there is only four hours, 14 minutes exactly left to pick up one of the LRWS shirts at Teespring. That's teespring.com forward slash LRWS. You know, the money is going to come to help pay some of the bills here. I appreciate the guys. And the shirt's awesome. I mean, it's a really nice shirt. I've got mine coming. I can't wait to, to wander around with it and have people reading it and going to the site and checking it out. And I have a really cool shirt design. I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about this shirt. Uh, I, I'm going to do the campaign in, uh, in April is when I plan on starting. Wait, where are we now? March. Yeah. April. I'm going to start the campaign in March. In April. So yeah, I'm going to confuse you guys now. And I'm really excited to put out the What's through all these chemtrails? T-shirt, which will be out in April. We're going to do it then. What's through all these chemtrails? I, I'm excited. It's going to be great. You guys are going to love the shirt when you see it. If you've been listening to me for any period of time, you probably guess what the idea behind the shirt is. Uh, and I can't wait to share it to you guys. Soon. Soon I'll give you a, a, a view of it. Ugh, allergies, allergies, allergies. Killing me. All right, let's see here. What else we got that we didn't get to yet? Got the three arrested. Uh, I don't get to that one yet. How about, how about, you know, I know Salty covered this a little bit yesterday. Maybe you guys weren't listening. As you know, I, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Let's make that clear. I've made the decision not to vaccinate my child because I don't trust the people making the vaccines and the studies behind the vaccines. So I don't know if that's anti-vaccination. Because I do believe that the science behind vaccination can be useful. I do believe that there is, you know, something to it, to a degree. But when we had things that the human body just doesn't want in it, that's not a good thing. When we're, when we're giving way too many at a time, that's not a good thing. So, you know, not that I look up to Snoop Dogg, but it's always nice when you see, uh, people with some kind of pull, with some kind of ability to get attention, come out and say things. You know, and, and, and they say it in their way, in their manner. And, you know, that's, that's cool. Because a lot of the people targeted would 
would benefit from hearing this message. You know, it's it, it, if you look at the studies that have come out, most of the people who are anti-vax are uh, very well educated, college degrees, uh, decent money. It's not like they're just uh, crazy uh, lunatics like me that you know don't have a lot of money that just want to yell and scream that vaccines are bad. But the people that are targeted the most are the people that you know don't have a lot of money, who you know just want to do what they got to do to to get through the day. And if they're told they got to do this, then they're going to do it, and they're not going to stand up and fight. So it's nice to hear a message from somebody like Snoop Dogg, like this one. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. I want you to play now. <laughs> you love when that happens, don't you? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, Snoop Dogg put out this great message. I'm refreshing the page now. Let's see if that might help. See, when you open up tabs early and you got all this stuff ready to go. Yeah, I know, Dave. I should be downloading and playing the audio directly. Fuck that. I'm not getting no Sorry, flu guys. shots. Because it's flu season. Nigga, I'm going to take some motherfucking lemons, some honey, some oranges. Nigga, grandma got the remedy, nigga. Go holler at your grandma, nigga. Or holler at somebody old in your family, nigga. You don't need that shot, nigga. They shooting some shit in your ass. I'm cool. I don't want none of that. I'm straight. I think they shoot some, some control in you. Some shit to take control of you. You know, when they have your mind, body, and soul. You know, slow you down a bit. I don't trust them. I'm cool. They sell shit over the counter that you should be able to buy that can count like get you some Thoroughflu, nigga. Or some NyQuil. Get you some Thoroughflu. Yeah, and I, you know, great example of what I talk about. You know, the flu shot is probably one of the dangerous, most dangerous ones out there. One of the ones that they got everybody convinced they have to take. You know, when when I had Sean on a couple weeks ago, you know, he was a 70, you know, almost 70, something, 71 or something year old man that lived through polio, lived through the measles. You know, remember what he said when I interviewed him and, and how he discussed how even back then it wasn't a big deal. And then they want to go, oh, you weren't alive then, you don't know. A lot of the people that experience it are dead. Fortunately enough for me, I've got a lot of old people around me. And we talk about it all the time. It wasn't a big deal. So, yes, I am still against vaccinations. Oh, I wanted to get to this with Scott, damn it. The Venezuela claimed to have captured U.S. pilots, accused of recruiting citizens to stage a coup. Damn, I really wanted to get on this. I could talk to him for hours. I mean, he's... Such a smart man. He's got a lot of information to share. A uh, pilot with Lat- Latino roots detained in Tarachi bordered with Colombia. In the last few days, President Nicolas Man- Mandora claims five other U.S. nationals and four missionaries have been detained recently, all accused by Venezuelan government of espionage and recruiting. Comes as tensions rise between the two nations, Maduro accuses the U.S. of trying to overthrow him. There has been a recent surge in anti-government protests in Carcass. These are all the same things that we saw with Cuba. Venezuela is another one of those countries that uh, a lot of people don't like, but a lot of people do like. You know, it's like Saddam Hussein. Was he really that bad? Uh, he was keeping the animals at bay. I hate to say it that way. Was, uh, Muammar Gaddafi that bad? He was keeping the animals at bay. You know, all you people want to rant and scream about the Muslims and how bad they are. Well, we've gone through that region and eliminated the rulers 
of them that were keeping them under control for a purpose. We had to get rid of them to get to the next level of what the plan is. That's the way it works, guys. Initiate the plan. We must initiate the plan and move to the next level. That is the only way we will get the minds of the controlled to understand us. You must follow us. You must do as you are told. I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight on the First 52, Tuesday night. Always fun. I'm glad to be here. I want to thank Scott Ricard again for joining us. Check him out. Learn. You guys have a safe, wonderful week. Talk to you soon. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes, emotions misplaced, to love or to hate. I don't know what to do, we're all lost and confused, just trying. Get through in this world Always trying to prove that we're worth What it takes But it takes a long time In the dirt to see grace When I'm trying to be real They tend to be fake When I'm risking it all With no time to waste Fuck this rat race I'm leaving this place Time to blast off destination space. With the sunset hung behind us and the universe to blind us from the moon, we'll watch the whole world explode. Moving free, unguided through the beautiful, the silent with the light show from a passing UFO. Lost in the glow. Of the unknown Please don't go And I don't know how I got here Or how I'm getting home But right from day one I've been in this alone With odds stacked against I've been drowning in stress They said can you take more
guess it's more fun to be a pain in your ass. I don't know. He's absolutely not wrong. He's, he's right. He's right. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross from the Lawrence Ross Waterhead Show on RazRadioLive.com, heard every Friday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. If they went on strike, it would be a month before anybody fucking knew about it. We ask that you please visit Teespring.com. That's T-E-E-Spring.com forward slash L-R-W-S and buy one of our t-shirts. It's only $20. $20. I wanted a peanut. And best of all, it's Phil Hendry approved. This is from a guy named Lawrence. Lawrence, you're a good kid. Lawrence is a nice kid. He don't have no eyes. So act now, ladies and gentlemen, because you only have until March 3rd to take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Shut up and take my money. Remember, that's teespring.com. T-E-E, spring.com, forward slash L-R-W-S. RazRadioLive.com. The simple power of truth. Love you guys so much. Thanks. The first 52 is the bump diggity. Cement, the concrete's alive Where the bonds are formed, the rats run and hide Drama's like a cartoon that comes to life Where the express bus runs twice a night To the stadium that's packed every Monday night To the yellow cab driver that helped make your flight Where you can get what you want if the price is right And screaming fuck you's another way to be polite Coming back around at three. 
Cherry Beach, sunbathing, volleyball. Every Saturday, this always seems to be the call. Just a few perks when you're in my zone. This is where I'm at and this is where I'm calling home.